Hello and welcome to Bold and Brazen. I'm Mary Ann Stewart, a designer and creator in Lexington, Massachusetts. I'm thrilled you're here. This is the show where I share my love of fabric and design, fashion and style, education and history, and where that all intersects with sustainability and the environment, politics and policy, and the economy. Some of the episodes will feature interviews with people from a range of industries, sewists and makers, editors and artisans, farmers and ranchers, architects and sustainability professionals, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. This episode of Bold and Brazen is brought to you by Fresh Circle. That's F-R-E-S-H-C-E-R-C-L-E, freshcircle.com, my eco-fashion business focused on people and the planet. I have a new offer that's up on the website, right on the homepage. You can see the link for the live online workshop. We'll, We'll be preparing a piece of plain white silk, eight inches by 60 inches long, into a wearable piece of art, a beautiful silk scarf that you create from material that's prepared for fresh or dried flowers. And the online workshop will walk you through the process of transforming that piece of silk into a piece that is imbued with unique color and texture. To sign up, you need to do it before Saturday, December 5th at 11.59 p.m., so before midnight East Coast time on December 5th, so that I can get all the materials mailed over to you in time for the workshop, which will happen Saturday, December 12th from 4 o'clock to 5.45 p.m. For more information, go check it out at freshcircle.com. I hope I see you there. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bold and Brazen. I'm Mary Ann Stewart. Thank you for joining me. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, and while things will certainly look different for our family in terms of everybody gathering together for the big meal and um, giving thanks, we're not going to gather together over, you know, in physical around physical tables. It'll just be those of us here at the house, my husband and my daughter and I, and we will certainly give thanks. We have been counting our blessings for the last nine months. Um, You know, in this pandemic, we've really been aware of how privileged we are, and we're very grateful for our situation and for all of the people who have been on the front lines providing needed services, essential services, um, and we're very grateful to them. And we know that it's been very difficult for other families too. Um, but it's it's not the meal anyway, you know, for Thanksgiving. It's the people. Uh, our family, we're going to have a dessert together over Zoom. <laughs> and I am looking forward to that and certainly giving thanks. It's something we've been thinking a lot about and reflecting on. Um, for all these months and something is really kind of uh has come up this year for me it's the it's the this year i enter the busiest shopping season of the year as a small business owner and i know i'm supposed to be offering crazy deals on the busiest day of the single busiest shopping day of the year black friday the day after thanksgiving um but you know i certainly question 
the impact that that has on our planet. It might be good for some businesses, and certainly I want it to be good for all business because businesses have been hurting this whole time this year, and many of the businesses have closed and shuttered their doors. Um, I tend to focus on the small shop, small Saturday. Anyway, um, we've kind of forsaken the Black Friday, go into the mall and even shopping online or shopping on Cyber Monday, all that stuff. We've just kind of avoided all that hype and really tried to shop local and throughout the year and really think about our giving, our gift giving um, for events like this for the holidays, but also on Giving Tuesday to really think about our, um, you know, giving back to uh, philanthropically and and going that way. But, you know, last year, our family, after the ramping up, especially over the last few years of the consumerism and the materialism of Black Friday and the whole holiday season in general, we participated in Green Friday last year which is really getting out into our conservation areas around our town and taking in the day. We took a long hike that day around Whipple Hill, and which is very near to us. We're sort of sandwiched. We're triangulated, actually, between multiple conservation areas, which is really lovely. And so we did that, which was awesome. And I want to encourage people to participate in Green Friday because, well, green is the new black, but it it does, we need to reset our minds. We have to shift our mindset. We need to change our habits. And we're not doing a good job around all the consumerism when you're talking either around the fast fashion thing or, you know, the way electronics get dumped in, in landfills and even all the plastic that gets used uh, in the packaging for all the shopping and the mailing and all of the carbon uh, emissions that that happen as a result of all the mailing and the Amazon same day delivery and all those things. Um, and you think about the fashion industry alone, representing, contributing 20% of wastewater around the globe. Crazy. That's just crazy. And 10% of global carbon emissions. Um, some things completely, they have to change. And the fashion industry is number two to what's the, what's the number one industry, do you think? Do you know? The number one industry is the oil and petroleum um, <laughs> industry. So fast fashion is right next, is right after that. And they, you know, so the oil and petroleum industry are the worst polluters. Then fashion industry. Okay, great. So <clears throat> I know we all wear clothes and over time, depending on the quality of fabric and the skill with which an article of clothing is made and other stuff like use over time and how much washing, things fall apart. And some things are cheaply made and fall apart sooner. So I mentioned fast fashion. Um, I didn't coin that term. It was coined in the 1970s. It's a phenomenon of clothing production. It's a popular name for clothing that is deliberately designed and marketed to go out of style after only a few days or, or weeks. Now, materially, it may hold up for longer than that, but the idea that we are actively being marketed to with the intention of always wanting to buy something new this is built into the production of, of, of it, of these items by some companies. 
And this is just one of the truths that we are now faced with after decades of dysfunctional relationship and systems for textile production. I mean, we didn't just wake up one day to suddenly discover our wardrobes were fueling a broken system. The fashion industry as it exists today, it's a product of slavery, colonialism, mass production, and deregulation. And I wrote about this recently um, on a guest blog for the United Sewing and Design Company in Connecticut, and that was a real privilege. Um, it was sort of my first expanded take on this thing, and you can go to the United Sewing and Design blog and you can read the guest post there. Um, but, you know, right now, everyone is talking about our multiple crises, right? The pandemic, the racial injustices, the climate crisis, epic unemployment, affordable housing, food insecurity, wealth inequality, a democracy in tatters. And people are saying that we need to wake up and new systems need to come out of all of this. And all of that is 100% correct. But what are the new systems that we're supposed to create? And how do we actually create them? And then how do we drop this whole conversation to the deepest level of ourselves, our souls, our hearts, our minds, and ask, how do we move humanity forward as a result? The Buddha said, all life is suffering. He wasn't necessarily talking about grave physical pain, but rather the mental suffering we undergo when we try to hold on to fleeting, pleasurable experiences, especially when they become unsatisfying and ungovernable, like a pandemic and quarantining for months on end, unable to experience our pleasurable routines or make adequate systemic change quickly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if we didn't see it before, we certainly see it now. So how do we intentionally engage with the suffering that's all above and below and all around us in this process? Because that's what we're being called to do, to, to go to the root of our collective and personal pain and be healers and be leaders. There are many ways. I know it's going to take commitment and collaboration, dedication and love for ourselves and for each other to transform our lives as we know them. That's what we've been doing these past nine months. You know, it takes nine months to grow a human in the womb. We've been undergoing enormous transformation in this time of COVID. We've gone deeper than we ever have into our heart and our mind. And I believe we can have a beautiful future and the healthy social structures we need. And they can only be created by courageous, big-hearted, self-aware people. So yes, the world needs a lot right now, and I'm here to do whatever I can to meet the need. I was in a session recently with a psychic healer. It was a group session, and she put it this way. She said, a lot of people are leaving the planet right now. Yeah, they are, because more than a quarter million people have died this year just due to COVID. And if you're still on the planet right now, you're being called to a divine assignment to help humanity take this enormous leap into the future. Transformation is going to happen when each person is taking one step at a time, 
however small, however wobbly, one step that's going to bring us face to face with ourselves and how we interact with our things and our stuff and our habits and our mindsets. There's a quote that I love of Rumi's. Actually, I have yet to encounter one of Rumi's quotes that I don't love, but Rumi said, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. And that's the thing. This is it, right? I'm just one person. You're just one person. Our multiple crises won't be solved by one person, though. They'll be solved with open-hearted, courageous people doing their best. We need each other to do our best. This isn't optional. We need to be doing the deep inner soul work. The fashion industry is responsible for 10% of humanity's carbon emission output and for 20% of the global wastewater pollution. But Amid the devastation brought on by the pandemic, the impending ecological collapse is falling off the agenda. Consumerism is still eroding our planet and exploiting workers, but many have become collectively desensitized to it. I bring this up because it's the landscape of our lives. This is the 30,000 foot view. The world needs a lot right now, and I'm here to do whatever I can to meet the need. I'm one person doing my best. I need your help. And I know that we can do it if we have the will. There are no purity tests here. Too much has happened. There are no silver bullets. Too much has been allowed to go on for generations. And now we must become more aware of the impact our choices have on the environment and change our behavior. True transformation of the world begins with each of us taking one small step. Who is with me? This episode of Gold and Brazen has been brought to you by Fresh Circle, my eco-fashion business focused on people and the planet. Check it out on Etsy or FreshCircle.com. F-R-E-S-H-C-E-R-C-L-E dot com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe now for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Leave a rating or a review. And one more thing. Did you learn at least one thing in this episode? If the answer is yes, can you think of one person who would also enjoy it? Post about the show on your Instagram, tag someone who might benefit from it, and tag me too so that I can thank you and repost it. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, just shoot me a DM on Instagram. The music for Bold and Brazen was written by Will Calante. I'm going to let it play out until the end because I think you'll really like it too. Until next time, take good care.